0: is he coming now he's officially coming to kill us here shit guys (laughs) oh god okay now like look there's a mirror it's another episode of saturday the 14th and we're about to get hook murdered yep we're here to talk about the movie hook Just kidding. It's Candyman! Yay! A quick note before we begin. Um, Some of the people who are listening know that my mom passed away recently, and so we decided to do this episode as a tribute to her. This was actually one of her favorite movies, which is great because it's definitely like a weird, sexy horror movie. I just remember growing up and seeing the VHS tape of it, on like the tv stand because she watched it a lot so i thought it'd be fun to uh do this movie and i've actually seen it before and really enjoyed it so yeah wonderful movie let's talk about some tony todd yeah tony todd the sexiest b-man in the entire world he is like really attractive in a weird way he honestly didn't really do much acting in the movie He just kind of stood with like that giant Long fur coat in the corner and like Communicated with her telepathically the entire time Yeah I mean and it works for him It works really well a thing that works. Hey yeah good job Yeah. We by the way are Maggie And I'm Maddie And we're, we're excited here. to talk about some horror <laughs> We're so excited to talk to you about Candyman okay, Wow yes I'm gonna drink a big ol' sip of this coffee here Cause I think I need it Yes definitely <laughs> yeah i also cut myself three times on valentine's day so i was really living like my bloody valentine irl gross yeah and it was a lot of paper cuts or like weird plastic cuts i was just trying to open my like tub of cookies and it cut me so (laughs) i haven't had cookies in days because i'm scared of opening it and having it cut me again (laughs) i hope that that uh i hope that that fear passes for you Um, And I hope that you develop a much more realistic fear Which is of being cut by Candyman Ooh, he can cut me No, he can't because he's not real No, he isn't Uh, But he is the subject of the 1992 movie Candyman Written and directed by Bernard Rose And it was actually based on a short story by Clive Barker Who also was behind the Hellraiser series Yeah, and it is just as scary And it stars Virginia Madsen, Tony Todd as Candyman, uh, Xander Berkeley, and Casey Lemons. And a really cool thing about this was that the music was actually all written by 20th century composer Philip Glass, who was really into like dissonance and weird art music stuff. It's such a good soundtrack. It oh makes my it like, God. 50 times scarier than it was. It was so good. Like just the shot in the beginning of like the highway Ooh, and yeah. going over and just this creepy music and you kind of know what's going on. And then like when his voice comes in and he's like, ah, what is blood for if not spilling? Yeah, it's really good. It's like good. over this like, but, like, better than that, because it's like a cool synth and not just me screaming, yeah, Philip Glass, way to go, man. It's awesome. It's a great soundtrack. Um, it opens up with the classic urban legend style structure of someone talking about something that they heard that happened to one of their friends. What we see in the actual urban legend is there's a girl and a guy who are like hooking up Billy and someone else, yeah, and They say the name Candyman in the mirror four times. You're supposed to say it five times to summon him. And the guy kind of freaks out. And she's like, well, no one's ever gotten past the third Candyman. And then they're, like, being sexy in the bathroom. And he's like, I'm going to go downstairs. Come join me. And after he leaves, she turns around and, you know, really intelligently decides to say the fifth Candyman. She's like, Candyman! Like, it's gonna be like a cute, fun thing. Ha ha ha, nothing's gonna happen. And then she gets murdered. She gets super murdered. Real bloody. Oh, real gross. It's real gross. And the guy playing Billy is actually a cameo by Ted Ramey, who is the brother of Sam Ramey. So after we see Ted Ramey get super murdered, we cut away from this whole plot line and we see Helen, who is a grad student, and her friend Bernadette researching urban legends. Yeah. So the story is being narrated to them by another undergrad student. They're kind of interviewing all the undergrads to see what urban legends they believe in and all that. And they find out about a woman who seems to have been murdered potentially by Candyman in cabrini green I think cabrini it's green yeah which is a housing project in chicago yeah and, and they find out about it from a couple of cleaning ladies yeah because like, they're talking about it and they're like oh the candy man and she like turns to one of the cleaning ladies and she's like do you know anything about this and she's like yeah like i don't live in that area but like my friend does and a girl just got murdered in her building by Candyman, by the candy man and she's like interesting she calls over another cleaning lady and she's like do you know anything about this and she's like yes people are getting fucking murdered and you also find out kind of in between this that helen is married to another professor at the university that she's attending trevor trevor she's always yelling his name trevor also okay helen is played by a young virginia madsen who is Super hot. Super hot. And Trevor is, like, this balding, schlubby dude. Yeah. Like, I know maybe it's supposed to be, like, she's a grad student, he's a hot professor, but, like... Yeah. And Girl, do better. He's going to be a hot professor at that college, right? Yeah, because he's definitely not a hot professor. Like, all the girls are all over him. The, there are these girls trying to flirt with him. He's like, no, these students just have crushes on me. It's nothing. It's not nothing, I'll tell you that. Really, though. Helen and Bernadette decide that they're going to try out the Candyman thing. They're hanging out at their house. Yeah, at Helen's and, house. Yeah, Helen and Bernadette are in the bathroom and talking about how the medicine cabinets actually connect different apartments together because Helen's apartment was originally built to be a project but then because it there was no separation line between the different areas they decided to make it upscale condos instead and like covered over the cinder block with plaster but they didn't fix the whole issue and so Helen's theory is that someone actually crawled through the medicine cabinet from the next door apartment in order to kill the woman who had died from Candyman. I'm gonna take a pause here to say that that actually happened in real life. Wait, did that really? So, originally this this uh, story is set in, like, Liverpool, I think. When they re- like, imagined it to be in Chicago in the U.S. instead of uh, in the U.K., they pulled inspiration from a woman whose name is also Ruthie, which is the name of the woman who was killed. Yeah. Um, that they talk about in this one, Ruthie Mae McCoy, who was actually killed when a neighbor burst through her medicine cabinet, which presumably was also connected through to the next-door apartment, and stabbed her to death. Oh, my God. So that part is, like, kind of true. Like, he wasn't, like, a an urban legend man made out of bees, but, like... Mansion? No, that sounds horrible. <laughs> That's like the most terrifying And mean this is jumping forward a little bit, but we do find out that Ruthie wasn't actually killed by Candyman. Yeah, but like And so it was similar where someone burst through then just killed yeah. her with a hook pretending to be Candyman. It's fucked up. It is really fucked up. Yeah. Um it kind of makes me feel weird when people do that. Like using real names and like real life events as a gimmick in a horror movie. Like yeah. I get it to a certain extent. It kind of makes it creepier because it is real, but at the same time, it's just, like, that person actually died, and now they're turned into a gimmick in a movie. It bothers me less than it could in this one, because I don't think that that murder was one that got a lot of publicity.
1: Yeah. So it's not
0: like a lot of people would have made the connection or would have thought that, like, Ruthie Mae McCoy... And she wasn't, like, insulted or anything for doing it. No, yeah, it's more like a... It's obviously a really strong, I mean, like, it's the exact same murder and somebody with, like, the same name. I do get that it makes it scarier as well because it's something that could actually happen. I just found it so weird that it had happened because it totally seems like something that would never, ever it happen. It sounds like something that would be an urban legend. Like, yeah, like, that but sounds it's real. really made up. Um, okay, yeah. They decide to do Candyman in the Mirror after having the whole conversation about the medicine cabinets, and Helen finishes it, but Bernadette actually stops after four. Bernadette's kind of freaked out the entire time. She's Bernadette not makes as ballsy. some better choices in this she movie. She definitely is the intelligent one here. Yeah. Sadly, that doesn't pay off for her. R.I.P. Bernadette. So they leave. They're like, mm, this didn't really work. And uh, Helen goes to dinner with a professor at the university. And he actually, during the dinner, one is real condescending kind of a jerk oh my god but two goes on to explain the full backstory of candy man mm-hmm. which is really upsetting it is so basically the candy man was the son of a slave he was a free black man in like the 1800s um his family got wealthy off of an invention that i think his father made and, and so he, he was a really talented painter yeah and so a local white family decided to hire him to paint the virginal daughter and capture her beauty. And the young man and the daughter fell in love. And she got pregnant. Yep, And everyone lost their shit because it was the 1800s. And so the dad decided to pay a bunch of people to kidnap the son of the slave. Do we ever get his name? Um, Gosh, I know he has one, but I, I don't know that they actually mention it in the movie. Daniel Robitae? Yeah, that's not ever mentioned. No. Occupation. Demonic serial killer. (laughs) Anyway, so the young man, who soon will be named Candyman, is kidnapped, and they saw off the hand that he used to paint. And then they shove a hook up into that hand. Which, like... Why would you do that unless trying to create a demonic serial killer? Well, I think what they're trying to do is just hurt him a bunch. But why a hook? That just gives him a weapon. I don't know. Maybe it was what was, like, nearby? It's just weird. I don't think he's gonna be... Because, like, they don't think he's gonna come back from the dead. You stick a hook on a guy who you're killing he's gonna come back from the dead. That's how this works. But what they also do that's real messed up, they break into um, a bunch of beehives, steal the honeycomb, and smear it all over this guy, and the bees recognizing that someone, like, attacked their hives goes after the person who destroyed them, and they think it's him because he has their honeycomb all over him, and so they sting him to death. And as they're stinging him to death, all of these assholes are standing around chanting "Candyman, candy Candyman, Candyman," candy candy man. Man. which is where the chant that summons him comes from. The "Sweets for the sweet." It was I so will gross. say that the weirdest part of that story was he, where the the professor was like, "And by chance, there happened to be a nearby apiary," which is like, why would there? Why would that be there? Why There's just that like a... bee there? I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. So that's super fucked up, and he dies. <laughs> and then he comes back and kills people. They actually yeah. burn his body and spread his ashes all across Cabrini Green, which is why Cabrini Green is the place where everyone believes in Candyman so much. Yeah. It's also really interesting to me that this really intense urban legend is, like, delegated to such a small area. yeah. It's interesting to me, too, because normally this is something that, like, there's a lot of specifics that don't usually show up in Urban Legends. Well, this is also something that is possible. A lot of times when people are telling Urban Legends, they will add things to them to make them more personal. So you think that someone was adding the Cabrini-Green thing? Maybe. I mean, it's certainly possible that that is how it happened and he's, you know, Cabrini-Green specific. But, like, it's also possible that, like... He just goes around where people say his name and, like, they add the, oh, yeah, his ashes were spread here, so he haunts this area to make it more personal and a little more scary. Could also be said that maybe Candyman is the reason for like the general hook man it's just like it spread and turned into the Hookman and started with candy man that's true so i guess there's a lot of reasons why it could be limited to greeny green and not like a widespread legend but it's still really cool yeah i like the way that they work with urban legends in this and, and how uh how much they acknowledge urban legends so, Helen realizes that the people in Cabrini-Green all believe in the Candyman, or, like, most of them do. Like, really intensely. Yeah, yeah like, they, they're actually afraid of him, and not just in, like, an urban legend, like, all oh, my friend heard it way, but they, like, think the people around them are dying because of it. They decide to go to the project in Cabrini-Green and check out the apartment of the woman who was murdered to see if the medicine cabinet thing holds up. So, they go, they're looking at it. Bernadette's real nervous. Helen's just about going forward. She's, like, taking lots of photos the entire time. time. Bernadette has a much smarter head on her shoulders this entire time. Like, she shows up and she's like, they're all gonna think that we're cops because we're dressed like cops. Yeah. And we're gonna go poking around this person's apartment. You can't just walk through someone's wall into a different apartment. Not a good idea. Yeah. But they go in, they go into the bathroom, they push into the medicine cabinet. Surprise, surprise, there is a hole beyond it. Yes. And it's clear that like, people have gone through this before. Yeah. So, Helen decides to actually crawl through and she's exploring this area and ends up finding an area with this amazing mural of Candyman, yeah, with like it's like she walks through like a hole, and it's like his teeth on like the outside of it. So it's like the hole is his mouth. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting, but also really creepy looking. It's really beautiful. So something that's really interesting about this movie, though, which was made for approximately six million, according to IMDb, is that. There are very few special effects in this movie. That's true. Almost everything is practical. It's a lot of makeup, um, a lot of like tricks with photography um, and things like that. And so this mural definitely creates this really crazy sense of something supernatural of this belief in this legend without actually costing anything really because they just had to paint a mural yeah that's true so i thought that was a really cool way of keeping it cheap but showing like the full belief that this community has in this guy yeah yeah it's a really fascinating uh set design and it's a really interesting choice that they went with like a literal depiction rather than like uh using conversations to kind of get that exposition and then while she's in this room There's also candy on the floor, and she reaches down, and there are razor blades inside of it. So it's clearly an allusion to the urban legend of people sneaking razor blades into candy um, for Halloween. Yeah, I I love their references. Also kind of references like Candyman. Yeah, he's the Candyman. Although the Candyman does not kill people by putting razor blades in their candy, but... Whenever you say that, do you kind of hear the Christina Aguilera song in your head? Yeah, oh my god. I've (laughs) had it stuck in my head for like the past three days. Yeah, same. I don't think any of the things in that song apply to the Candyman. He he won't take you to a spot on Hollywood and Vine. He's made out of bees. Honey, sweet. He's not made out of honey. He's made out of bees. There's bees under the honey. I mean, honey under the bees. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I guess if you get deep enough, he's sweet. Which is sort of like an analogy about what the Candyman might be like as a boyfriend. He's stingy on the outside and sweet on the inside. Full of murder on the outside, but with a gooey, gooey center. Is the gooey gooey center the hook? Because the hook's pretty gooey. The hook itself is not, but the stump that it shoved into is kind of on the gooey side. Why is it still gooey? He's been dead for so long. Yeah, why are the bees still alive, Maddie? He's a ghost. He's a fancy ghost. Demonic serial killer, according to uh, Wiki. (laughs) So <laughs> so anyway, um, Helen goes back to find Bernadette who intelligently did not go back there. Smart girl. It's like nice, cuz like Bernadette does everything right and she still dies. Oh, she does. Ugh. She goes back and a woman from a neighboring apartment shows up. And she's like, "What are you guys doing here?" And they kind of explain and so she invites them into her apartment. Mm-hmm. They meet her cute baby Anthony. He's so cute. He's adorable. He's got little fat cheeks and they meet her Doberman, I think. Who, I don't know if we actually hear his name. Anne-Marie is the woman. Anne-Marie is the woman. Anthony's the, the dog's kid. name I don't think is ever mentioned. But yeah. he's a really cute Doberman. He's on guard and he's barking a lot. The, this and the omen, just giving Doberman's a bad name because he seems like a real tough dog. Like, guard yeah, dog. Yeah, but like, he's guarding a mama and her baby. That's so. true. You know, so he's, he's doing his be... job. So, they kind of explain the situation. They, you know, she looks at the baby. She's like, oh, I've always wanted a baby. They're, like, talking about how cute it is. And then they talk to Anne-Marie about, like, do you know who murdered Ruthie? And she's like, yeah, it's Candyman. And it's just super obvious that even the adults here are all 100% in on the belief Candyman is doing this. Yeah. And then outside of the building, Helen meets this cute little kid, Jake. He's so cute. He's also cute. There's a lot of cute kids in this movie. There are. And he also believes in the Candyman. Oh, without a doubt. And she's like, tell me a little bit about it. And he's like... I can show you where he lives. Yeah, which is a terrifying thing for a child to say. hmm And especially more terrifying because the story that he tells her is that several years back, there was a kid and his mom, and the kid needed to go to the bathroom, and so he went off to these restrooms. So, like, these really gross public yeah. restrooms. Yeah. It's not a great neighborhood, so, like, you don't no. get nice restrooms. Uh, so the kid goes off to the public restroom, and... They just hear screaming and then this grown man goes and runs after him and is in there for like five seconds and comes out and he's like his hair is completely, like his hair is completely white white. Yes, another urban legend. That doesn't yep. really happen. True. Uh, although I will say that I Googled that as an urban legend. And one of the posts in one of the forums was like, no, my mom said this happened to my uncle. Like, it really happens. Um, but what happened to this guy to make his this, hair go white? Yeah, he runs into the bathroom and sees this kid. And as Jake puts it up, this kid was better off dead. His penis had been chopped off. Oh, and they show like it. a small kid like writhing around and holding himself. Blood. And there's just blood everywhere, like and real graphic. All over the room. Oh, God, it's horrible. Blood everywhere. And so she is like, cool, I want to go check out that horrifying murder bathroom. So she walks in and it's, disgusting um sweets for the sweet is written like in poop i'm pretty sure on yeah, the walls i wasn't sure if it was supposed to be blood or if it was supposed to be poop i think but it was I'm supposed to be poop guessing poop yeah and it's this candy man all over the place as well yeah so it's real gross and she goes into the first couple stalls and like lifts the toilet and doesn't see anything and she goes to the one on the far end and it's full of bees that's our guy he's full of bees and then um a guy walks in kind of tall wearing a long coat with a hook maybe it's Candyman, but it's not Nope. And he says, like, I hear you're looking for Candyman, bitch. Which is, I know it's supposed to be scary in the setting, but, like, it's not really. Because it's made clear that he's a gangster who's, like, using the name Candyman and, like, carrying a hook and then, like, all of his, like, little, like, cronies or whatever show up and, like, beat the shit out of her. Which is, like, a really horrifying thing to be in in yeah. a horror movie about a demonic serial killer. Yeah. It's like, you don't expect there just to be, like, men trying to assault you in it. Yeah. The, the thing that makes it ridiculous is then she goes to the police station to identify the guy in a lineup, and so there's just these close-up shots, or... As I've mentioned to Maddie, uh, the version that I watched of this, because I could not find it, was a version on YouTube that was sped up by like 20% and also very zoomed in. So they looked like very tight close-ups of just these men (laughs) staring at the camera going, I heard you're looking for Candyman, bitch, like over and over again. That's really funny. Which really takes some of it out of it. I mean, I ordered the Blu-ray off of Amazon and I got the last one so Maggie couldn't also buy the Blu-ray off of Amazon. And I went to Amoeba Music and they didn't have it there and you can't rent it on Apple Music. You can't really find it anywhere. So anyway, after she had identifies the correct fake Candyman, and he gets arrested so she goes out and the little boy jake is there and he's like you said you wouldn't tell she said well you have to realize that candy man's not real and he's like dracula Yeah, it's just like Dracula. He's a story. And the kid's like, are you sure? And she says, yes, I'm sure. So then Bernadette comes to Helen. Helen, the entire time on this trip, had been taking photos. And they'd actually salvaged the photos, which, like, Helen was super psyched about. And so Helen's like really excited she has these photos she'll be able to see everything and she goes into a parking garage on her way to a car like real excited because you know she has these photos it's been a while so her eyes better like things are going well for helen not for long nope turns out she did in fact summon Candyman when she did the little bathroom business oh my god she's just so excited getting to her car being real happy and you just hear Helen. It's really scary. It's amazing and it sounds like the person is right there saying it and she looks around and she doesn't see anyone and then it goes again Helen and across the parking garage is Tony Todd as Candyman. How tall is he? Because he looks like he is like 6 foot 20 in this movie. Like he's real tall. I don't know if Virginia Madsen's just on the small side. Also, I think they're really playing it up because he has like the long coat that doesn't go all the way down. And they do a lot of, like, low-angle shots so that you're, like, looking up at him. Yeah, and, um... Yeah, he has this amazing, like, long leather coat with a fur collar. Yeah. And it's amazing how much, like, the gangster guy actually... Was imitating his yeah, look. Yeah, he kind of nailed it. Yeah, and um, he's just, like, standing across the entire parking garage. Yeah. And not saying a word, but he's speaking to Helen. He's, oh, God, his voice is so creepy because it's, like, whispery. Like, it sounds like he's whispering and there's, like, a little bit of, like, an echo effect on it, but he's, mm-hmm. like, so far away. It's perfect. And he's basically, like, hey, um... I need people to believe in me or else I can't exist. <laughs> he's like, yeah, he's like, you kind of fucked me over here. Like, you told everyone I was fake. So now you have to help me make people think I'm real again. It's like, I have to shed innocent blood. Oh. What is blood for if not for shedding? Oh, he's so amazing. He's so creepy. He says this amazing quote about how... I am the writing on the wall, the whisper in the classroom. Without these things, I am nothing. So now I must shed innocent blood. Come with me. And she's like, would rather not. Yeah, she's crying, but she's also clearly in a trance. And it's very much implying that he's going to kill Helen. But... Instead, she blacks out... And then she wakes up in the hallway outside Anne-Marie's apartment Covered, covered in, blood, in blood With the decapitated head of the Doberman next to her Was she in the hallway or the bathroom? I thought she was in Anne-Marie's Oh she bathroom. might have been in the bathroom I did not have a great handle on where things were Because I could You're not watching see a the really entire weird version. <laughs> yeah I think she wakes up in Anne-Marie's bathroom She's covered in blood, freaking out She has no idea, she thinks it's herself at first She's checking and she just hears screaming And she walks into the bedroom For some fucking reason before she walks into the bedroom, she picks up the cleaver that is on the floor next to the decapitated. Know. Oh, yeah. She walks in. The dog's been decapitated. Yeah, yeah. But she picks up the, the, the cleaver, which, like, I guess she's trying to defend herself, possibly. Because she doesn't know what happened. She, like, thinks that she's been attacked. I guess. But it doesn't go well because then she goes into the other room and Anthony's crib is covered in blood. Yep. and he's missing and Anne-Marie's freaking out she's obviously she's just screaming and then she turns around and sees Helen covered in blood holding a meat cleaver yeah and, and obviously assumes the worst and tackles her and Helen fights back and and then the police show up and arrest Helen because obviously. she has this poor traumatized woman on the ground and she has a meat cleaver over her head she also like slices Anne-Marie's shoulder open yeah. and it, like spurts out blood and stuff I mean like again I, I get the idea of being like oh I'll bring this with me in case I need it but like oh man like, if you find yourself at a probable murder scene, don't... You just... You don't pick up the murder weapon. I do think that it makes... Um, actually, it's probably a good thing she had it, because Anne-Marie was, like, trying to kill Helen, I'm pretty sure. I just... I, I don't know. I feel like you can kind of talk your way out of, like, oh, shit, what happened? I just, like... I don't know. I feel like you can talk your way out of it better if you're not holding a giant knife. That's true. But then, like, Anne-Marie picks up the meat cleaver and goes after That's Helen true. That's true. as soon as Helen drops it. Still understandable, because she does think... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's a great frame-up job. I mean... It's really well done. So the whole idea is that Candyman, in order to, like, punish Helen for making people not believe him, is turning her into this villain. Yeah. She's obviously arrested, and she's taken to jail, and they're like, hey, what the fuck? And she's like, I didn't do it. And they're like, Obviously you did. Yep. And she gets her phone call. She calls home to get her husband, Trevor. But her husband isn't home and it's three in the morning. Yeah. Where's Trevor? Fucking an undergrad. With just her nipples out all over the place. Oh, God. Her nipples are in like every shot. Every single shot. She's wearing just like a white see-through shirt. I think there's some shots that she's not in that her nipples just show up in. Probably. There's like poking out through like the side. (laughs) (laughs) So she gets taken home. And she's, like, trying to relax and not freak out. And she's not doing a great job. And she ends up, like, taking a bath Mm -hmm. and trying to relax and stuff like that. And she gets a little freaked out. She's walking around the house alone because Trevor had to go check on something at school. And she goes to the bathroom and the medicine cabinet gets... Like, it's clearly building up and makes you think that she's gonna like close the medicine cabinet and candyman will be right behind her but that's not his style no nope, he just shoves his hook through the uh cabinet and she like freaks out obviously and runs away but he gets her neck right he like cuts her yeah, neck so open. he Like, traps her in the kitchen and is doing the whole trance thing and, like, caresses her behind the neck with Uh. his hook but, like, cuts her behind her ear and on her neck. And she can't really do anything because, like, when she's under his trance, like, she can't do anything. So she blacks out. But Bernadette shows up and is knocking on the door of flowers saying, like, Helen, like, I want to come. And she's trying to yell, like, Bernadette, run. But she can't because she's under a trance and she's losing blood rapidly. So she's whispering and Bernadette comes in because the door is unlocked and gets real murdered real yeah. fast. but... Do you see Bernadette Smyrna, really? You might see her get, like, gutted. Like, okay. you might see her, like, facial reaction. I don't yeah, think. okay, you're right. You don't see the actual gore of it. You don't see, like, the hook slicing up her, which happens a lot. You see a lot of aftermath in this movie. You don't yeah. see a lot of the actual, like, gutting happening. I'm going to guess that's partially to keep that budget down. Exactly. Because that that that's my expensive. Fun. And by the 90s, you can't pull the, like, Friday the 13th stuff where it's super fake looking. Like No, people, it needs to look realistic yeah. at this point. People have expectations. And especially, like, in a Clive Barker film, because this was yeah. after Hellraiser, right? Yeah. Yeah. So people already are familiar with his name. They are familiar with, like, good-looking movies. Right. So she wakes up, and um, obviously, since there's a dead woman in her apartment and she's out on bail for murder, it doesn't go over great. Nope. And Trevor comes home and is 100% convinced she didn't. Yeah. She ends up getting institutionalized. Yes. And Candyman shows up while she's in the hospital. She's freaking out. Yeah, and, and they sedate her. It was just really weird scene. Okay, some of the choices they make, I don't 100% figure out because he's, like, floating above her, talking to her, and then as, like, the doctors are getting ready to come in, he floats to the side and, like, floats underneath the bed. And so she's screaming, he's under the bed, he's under the bed. Why would he float under the bed? Why would he just disappear? It was just such a weird choice. I don't really know. I think that he wanted her to continue to be scared, maybe, or maybe seem crazy, because he definitely wanted her in that That's institute. true. That's a really good comment, is he does want her to appear crazy. Yeah, because then later they show, like, he doesn't show up for anybody else, right? Like, nobody else can see him. Because later they show her the tapes, and it's just her, like, losing her shit. Yeah. And, like, there's no one else in the room. Yeah, so about a month passes. Mind you, like, she still looks exactly the same. Her hair doesn't grow out or anything like that. Yeah, she doesn't even know it's a month. Like, they definitely present it like she falls asleep and then the next morning is taken into, like... nope, it's been a month. She's been really freaking drugged up. And the doctor shows her the video of when she thought Candyman was talking to her and she was screaming, he's under the bed. For some reason, on four tiny screens, but, you know, whatever. You know, if you can't have one big screen, you can at least have four tiny ones. True. So she decides that she's going to prove that she's innocent. By summoning Candyman. I don't know why she thought this would be a good idea. He has not done a single helpful thing for her this entire time. So she, like, looks into the mirror next to her and she says his name five times. And, like, nothing happens. And then he fucking shows up and guts the psychologist. Then he appears by literally, sticking his hook through the middle of the psychologist. Yeah. So, obviously, like, great job. Like, he doesn't just show up to be like, oh, hi, yes, like, I am Candyman. And she's fine. You can let her go. Does she really think that that's how he... Is going to do this? I don't know. I don't know if she's so desperate that she's just like, at least he'll show up and get me out of here. Cause he, you know, but like, he's just made everything worse every time he's shown up for her so far. So he kills the psychologist. He like rips her strap. So she's no longer locked up because she was like strapped to the chair. And then she like climbs out through the window. But first, the best special effect in this movie, Tony Todd goes backwards <laughs> through the window. Like, he, his legs and arms go in front of him, and he shoots backwards through this window. And there's just glass everywhere. It's like, what is happening here? Yeah, I'm a little confused about some of the specifics of the movement <gasps> that was choices. That the weirdest. Like, specifically, because he doesn't do that shit in any of the other scenes. It's like just when they're in the psychiatric hospital that he's just, like, going all over <laughs> the place through the air. Like the weird floating under the bed, yeah. of that room, Like backwards window motion. She's it's like, really strange. And then she's like, "I guess I'll also go out the window." Yeah. So she goes out. Is like, "Oh no, this is a bad idea." Tries to get back in. A nurse just sees a patient outside. Opens the window. She jumps in. Knocks the nurse to the ground. And either accidentally or purposely, like, slams her head against the ground. Yeah. And yeah. ends up like. Stealing all she her, takes clothes her clothes yeah. and dressing up like a nurse and getting out of the hospital. Well, I just feel like, like there should be a better screening process. Like meanwhile, a patient is just like watching this whole thing while strapped into his bed. Yeah. Like what the fuck's <laughs> going on right here? It's like I'm not gonna tell anybody. So, <laughs> and then she goes home to see her loving husband Trevor, who has already moved in with the undergrad. It's been a month, you guys. Yeah, and he's repainting the. Well, he's not repainting. The little undergrad is repainting painting this apartment. And I love that like when his like wife who she thinks has murdered two people or like murdered a dog and a person and kidnapped a baby when she shows up at the house, like this girl's reaction, rather than being, like, really scared, it's just like, Trevor! She's here! I do <laughs> know, think she was supposed to be more scared, really, but it's... Like, I think she was supposed to be real freaked out. But, like, her delivery is just more like, oh, God, you're here? Yeah. <laughs> Which I <laughs> oh, thought was man. really funny. She's like, what are you doing here? And so Helen realizes that she doesn't really have anything going on for her in life yeah. anymore. Like, everyone thinks she's a murderer slash a baby kidnapper. And we also do keep getting these visions that Candy Candyman keeps saying, like, if you come with me, like, I'll give the baby back. Yeah. And you see that the baby's, like, in the Cabrini Green project, um, in that little, little creepy area where there's, like, the candy with the razor blades and all that. Not a good place for me. And baby. he keeps giving her an offer, and she actually... Helen goes and like thinks about jumping off of a bridge and like killing herself because everything's horrible and Candyman speaks to her again like I will make you a legend like come with me and you'll free the baby fuck it I guess we'll do it so she goes to find him in the project in Cabrini Green and like for some reason, finds an entire just pile of hooks. Yeah. I think it was supposed to be, like, an offering to Candyman from, like, the people of Cabrini Green. I guess. That's how I took it, but it was still real odd. It's a weird lair. So she grabs a hook, and she goes, and she actually finds him, and then stabs him with a hook. Yeah, and he's like, okay, I'm made out of bees. He's just, like, bleeding. It's fine. Yeah. So there's, like, all these murals around. Like, of him dying. It shows the process of his, like, arm, his hand being sawed off. It shows the whole bees thing. And it's real gross and it's clear that he was, like, the horrible things were done to him. And he deserves to be this angry. But you also see the lover that got yeah. him into this situation and clearly it looks a lot like helen yeah and he said something about how like it's always been you and i think they're trying to imply that she's like a reincarnation of his lost lover yeah because like the lover actually didn't do anything That's it was her true. father she really, yeah it was just her dad yeah so she didn't and like let's talk about like women in the 18th century or in didn't the 1800s a whole lot of choices no they didn't have a lot of power especially yeah. like young women who were still, like, living with her parents and all that. Yeah. I kind of wonder what happened to her and the baby. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. Well, anyway. She shows up. Talks to Candyman. He shows her that he's, like, made of bees. Yeah. He opens his coat up, and, like, his rib cage is it's just covered in open bees. and covered in, like, live bees. And then they make out. Yeah, they do kiss for a second. I gotta say. I guess they don't make out. They just kiss. I gotta say, in terms of, like, pre-kissing moves opening up your trench coat to reveal that you are in fact mostly comprised of bees is a strong one. Because it's confident. Because you know, like, not everybody's going to be into it, but like, if you're doing it, you're like, I think you're going to like this, she's and it's She's also, bees. like, under a trance, though. Yeah, a bee trance. She's obsessed with all those bees. Bee trance. Bee trance! Yeah, no, she's uh, definitely under this bee trance, and they kiss, and he basically says that he's going to set free the baby, but he actually puts the baby in the middle of this bonfire thing. Mm. Yeah, because he's going to, like, try to get his cred back with the Cabrini Green folks. Yeah, so the Cabrini pe- Green people have been, like, making this giant pile of trash in order to eventually set it as a bonfire as a tribute to Candyman. Right. And he somehow transports the baby to the middle of this, and she wants to go save it. Candyman disappeared. We don't know where the hell he yeah, is. Yeah, he just sort of, like, pieces out for a Yeah, while. real quick. I don't know why. I don't either. I think um, if he was there, it would make the plot more difficult to move so forward. So he gives... Helen the chance to save the baby, so she goes down into the bonfire. She's crawl or it's not a bonfire yet; it's a just giant pile of trash, pretty much. She's crawling through like their old mattresses and stuff, and trying to find the baby. And she finds it, but Jake sees. Yeah, Jake sees her in there, and then she finds Candyman in the pile as well. Yeah, because like his hook comes out. Something happens where Jake realizes that Candyman has to do with what's going on. So he mm-hmm. gets a bunch of people from the project to come and douse the whole thing with gasoline and right. set it on fire as yeah. like a tribute to him. I think maybe they hear... They hear or see something relating to the Candyman, and or maybe they see Vir, or Virginia Madsen or yeah. Helen. So she's going through, and Candyman shows up after she grabs the baby and tries to like hold her and say like, "No, we all need to die in this fire together so we can all be together." And he's clearly trying to make the family unit. I mean, Helen mentioned that she's always wanted always wanted a baby. Yeah, that. And he didn't get to have his baby and his girlfriend. Exactly. So he wants the life he was supposed to have before he was murdered. And he wants it with Helen, and this little baby. And we've seen the mom and she's black, but we don't know the race of the dad. So there's a chance it's also a mixed race baby as well. That's true, yeah. And so it would actually be very similar to the child he would have had. We don't know. That's a speculation, but it's just a potential thing. He tries to trap her and she breaks free of him. Yeah and crawls out through this fire because she wants to save the baby. Right. And at a certain point, and Anne-Marie's in part of the crowd watching the bonfire, Jake's there, and they end up seeing Helen crawling out of the bonfire, holding the baby. And she just crawls through it, and that's how she dies, As she gets right. burnt she to death, death, but she's using her body in order to protect the baby. Which is so, so noble. So she does it, Anne-Marie gets the baby, she gets these crazy burns, and she ends up dying. Yeah. Candyman gets burned and dies that's true yeah which is i don't know how that works but it implies that he's been defeated yeah so that's kind of cool that is nice. that they accidentally like in trying to pay respect to him they actually kind of destroyed him and in him trying to get helen to be part of this legend like she ended up proving that he wasn't real kind of yeah even though he was yeah it's this weird thing and i think that they don't really believe in him as much because they realized it was helen all along but she was also good it wasn't Candyman. Yeah. So I think that might have to do with one of the reasons yeah, why. Yeah, I can That's see that. That's a lot being of speculation, it though. It is. It's kind of, they leave a lot of stuff kind of up to you to figure out. Yeah. Um, but the baby lives. The baby does live. Helen, Helen does, does not. And they have this little funeral, and Trevor's there, and. He's very upset. Like, one other person's there. I think Jake and Anne Marie are there, right? Well, not initially they're holding like the small funeral and then you just see this right. huge line of people right really it's all the, Cabrini all the people Green, from Cabrina Green who show up. and it's Jake and Anne Marie are at the very front of the line and they, he drops the hook yep. that he got from the bonfire yeah it's a done deal and then they just leave yeah but it's cool because it's like two people one of which had like cheated on her and left her and I can't I don't Mm -hmm. know if it was the undergrad yeah I don't know who the other person was one or two other people I think oh the professor from that dinner was there oh you're right yeah he was there so it was really sad like no one was there to pay their respects and then like this entire community comes out because she like defeated Candyman kind of it's really cool it kind of sucks because like no one else is going to believe that she wasn't like a crazy murderer yeah and then how's it done Maggie oh my god I love this shit so much So, shitty Trevor is, like, all holed up, locked away in his apartment avoiding his new girlfriend, because all of a sudden he's realizing that maybe he shouldn't have, like, left his wife in her time of need. And it's really funny, because little undergrad's, like, throwing a hissy fit. And she's like, why aren't you coming out? I'm gonna make a nice dinner. And she's also walking around the apartment holding a knife, Mm because she's supposed to be making dinner, but she's just, like, holding the knife and, like, touching the point of the knife, and, like, you don't do that when you're making dinner. Also, she's supposed to be making, like, a salad or something like that, and she's holding, like, an enormous butcher knife. And she, like, starts chopping this meat, like, very angrily at It's just weird. It's very strange, and he's like, leave me alone, like, I'll be out in a second, like, I don't care, and he goes into the bathroom, and in, like, a moment of grief, he says Helen's name a bunch of times, five times, specifically, into the mirror, and then she shows up, all burnt looking, and she's just like, what up, Trevor? And she's, I don't, does she say anything? And she's just like, hey, fuck you, and, like, murders him. Um, she might say something, I don't remember exactly. I don't specifically, but, um... He super dies because she rips him apart. Oh, yeah. And it's real bloody. Oh. He ends up, like, in the bathtub. It's disgusting. And you know that when the cops get there... It's going to be the little undergrad who's totally he's blamed around for it. with the knife. Yeah, it's crazy because she, like, eventually goes to check on him because she hears him screaming and she yeah. walks and there's blood everywhere. Yeah, and you know she's going down. But, I mean, at least, like, Helen didn't have her, like, black out and, like, pull the candy man thing. That's true. So she was nicer to the little undergrad. It's not her fault that the husband was a cheating asshole. I mean, she did move in with a married man while his wife was in a mental okay, hospital. Okay, no, you're right, you're right. Like, <laughs> I'm all for blaming the person who's cheating and not the person they're cheating with, but like, eh, you know. She was a little at fault, But bl- she... but there's a reason why Trevor was murdered and not her. Yeah. She's just probably going to jail for it. Yeah. So, uh, Helen becomes the new Candyman. It's pretty cool. She's holding Candyman's hook when she shows up. That's what she uses to murder Trevor, the one that they... It's, like, kind of cute. It's like her new boyfriend's hook. Oh, my God. (laughs) No, but she escaped him. Yeah. Though, I did read... I unfortunately didn't have a chance to read the short story from Clive Barker. I found it, but it just haven't had time recently. In the short story, Candyman actually wins and takes Helen and the baby with him. So, they definitely changed the ending a bit for this one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I like her becoming like a supernatural murderer as well. I like this ending a lot. It's like she studies the urban legends and then she becomes the urban legend. Ooh, I didn't even think about it like that. That's it's great. Fun. Like then someday somebody'll I mean, they she's probably not candy woman. I don't we, know who she would be. I actually, he says Helen. I actually did read online someone referring to her as candy woman but she doesn't which makes have anything no to do with candy but if you think about it like the entire cabrini green community believes her in candy her woman. and they might call her that right. but now that all their belief is behind her she's able to exist it's like a whole evil fucked up tinkerbell situation it is less clapping more murder All right, so obviously urban legends are a pretty big theme um, in Candyman. And I love urban legends. Same. They're kind of what got me into horror in the first place. And I think they're kind of like a modern folklore. Like, we've talked about fairy tales and folklore, like, in our witch episode. And I think it kind of connects through. Like, this is modern horror. I definitely agree. And also, um, I think it was urban legends but also, you know, the scariest stories to tell in the dark series. I think those are what really got me into horror. Also, yeah. like goosebumps. There are a lot of like horror in Yeah. My I think I consumed more horror as a child than I did as an adult. I liked the Goosebumps book when I was a kid. <laughs> they were really great. Those were fun. There um, were a couple that really scared me. There was the one with the um Marionette, not Marionette. Um, oh. Night of the Living Dummy. Yeah, yeah, that one, the cover creeped me out. Oh yeah, I and never read, read it because one of that. There was like The Vampire in My Basement or something like that. I never read that one. It was like a crack the cover was like a cracked open coffin and you could just see his eyes, and that scared Ooh. the shit out of me when I was a kid. Like, I couldn't even look at the cover. I really liked them. I very rarely was scared by them, but I remember reading How to Kill a Monster and that one terrified me. But then the ending was such a shitty payout. It was like, he licks the girl because like, he's kidnapped her and he's scared gonna eat her. He's like, wait, are you human? I'm allergic to humans. And he, like, runs off and dies. And it's so dumb. Yeah, some of the payoffs, I think they kind of had to, like, yeah, tone I mean, it back a R. L. little R.L. Stein did have a role where he never wanted anyone to die in any of his books, so how did she- he Do that when he never wanted anyone to be in threat of dying either. So it's actually really interesting how he did that. There's a lot of like weird transformation ones though. Like there's the one where the kid turns into like a comic book character. Do you ever? I don't know if I read that that one. one? There are a lot of them. Yeah. I mean, God, there's like hundreds of. Goosebumps they're bumps. so good though. But they're great. Oh man. Yeah I love those. I read this one book it wasn't the goosebumps but there's another one where a girl like traded places with her reflection Ooh. and her reflection was evil and like going out into the world and I was just really scared of mirrors for a long time. Dude I was terrified of mirrors when I was a kid. I was scared of everything for a while. Oh me too. And it's partially because of urban legends. I gotta tell you so when I was like 10 maybe 12 I was taking dance classes because I was trying to take ballet which I was not good at but that's fine. And we had this cool young teacher. And it was, like, the week before Halloween, and she was like, okay, so we're all gonna, like, sit around and tell scary stories. And so she told all of, like, those, um, like, the hook hand man and the Bloody Mary and stuff like that that was, like, you know, all the stuff that this movie draws on really heavily. I personally love the clown statue story. Oh, my God. I didn't read that one until I was older, and I'm so glad that I wasn't still babysitting when I read that one. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, I don't know if you guys know the clown statue story. Oh, my God, it scared the shit out of me. So, basically, there's this babysitter, right, and she's watching this kid. And she goes up to put him to bed, and he's, like, freaking out because there's this creepy clown statue in the corner of his room. And she's like, that's really fucking weird. Why is that there? And so she calls the parents, and she's like, hey, like, little Billy is, like, really freaked out by this clown statue. Can I, like, cover it up or something like that? And they're like, you need to get out of that house right now. And she's like, what are you talking about? And she's like, we do not have a clown statue. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. To- it's so scary. I got chills. Just, <laughs> just thinking, thinking about, just about that. Well. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh Oh, man yeah no it was like that kind of stuff where it's like oh no it's so scary and I was like a kid so it was like the first time I've been like intentionally scared by something and so like I loved them and we just kept like trading them and then I got home and I was like oh mom like Miss Mia or whatever her name was told us all these scary stories and my mom I love my mom so much I don't know why she did this She was like, that's so cool. I have all these books of those stories. We should tell more. Which is, like, not the thing to do to your nervous 12-year-old. But, like, she didn't know how I was going to turn out. So she was like, it'll be fun. And it was really fun. And then I went to bed and I've never been so afraid <laughs> in my entire life. So she is the reason why we have this podcast today. I mean, I guess so. Yeah. Thank you, Mama Cleary. Yeah. Was that when she told you the hand licking one? Yeah, it was like all part of that day. And that one scared me. Um, so, you know, do you want to tell the hand licking one? Oh, God. Yeah. Again, short version. um there's a girl who has a dog, and every night the dog goes to sleep next to her bed. And she'll put her da- hand down, and the dog will lick her hand. And one night she hears about an escaped convict, or from like a recent, like m- like a nearby mental hospital or a jail or something like that, and she's freaked out. And so she goes to bed, and she wakes up in the middle of the night, and she can't really sleep, and she's freaked out. So she puts her hand down, and the dog licks it, and she puts it back and she does that again and at some point she she wakes up in the morning, right? I think she like goes downstairs mm-hmm. and finds her dog dead. Yeah. And she like calls the cops and they come into her house and like look around and she's like but i don't understand because he was licking my hand and the cops say well humans can lick too so can i tell you the version of that that my mom told me which Please. is infinitely more horrifying which is <laughs> i'm so scared <laughs> so, right so it's similar but it's a sleepover and there's all these girls around And they hear the news about the escaped convict or whatever. And they're, like, freaking out. And she's like, no, it's okay. Like, my dog's under the bed. Like, he's there. He'll, like, let us know if anything's creepy. Just, like, if you get scared, just put your hand out and you can, you know, he'll lick you and I'll let you know he's there. So all through the night, she's doing that. They're doing that. They're like, okay, he's still there. She can feel him, like, breathing, you know, on the back of her neck. She's like, okay. So, like, the dog is still here. Then she wakes up and the next morning. I don't know. I still don't know why my mom would have told me this story. <laughs> I'm so scared about what's going All of happen. her friends are dead. Her dog's head, if I remember correctly, is on a stick in the middle of the room, and written on the bathroom mirror in blood is humans can lick too. Oh my god, wait, that is how it ends. It is the written in blood. You're right. It's the scary, like, what? I think that's so. I didn't have the sleepover version, but I had she wakes up in the morning and the dog is dead. Was the dog's head on a stick in your version? I don't think it was a stick. I think that was a fun, like, elaboration that she added. Oh my god. For some reason. This is a side of your mom I never knew existed. It never has shown up since then. Like, she's a very normal, loving woman. But just, like, one night in, like, 2003, she was like, I know some messed up stuff. You are right. It is the written in blood. That was the first time. I've heard the cop version, too, which is less messed up. But, yeah, she wakes up in the morning, finds her dog dead and written in blood. And the dog's blood clearly as humans can look, too. yeah. Yeah, so, so there were also, like, a bunch of other... I might be conflating two of them, because there was definitely one that was, like, the breathing on the back of her neck. And that might have been the sleepover one. I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense, of though, because, like... Because If she's remember, sleeping on the floor, and yeah. the dog is, like, under the bed, it makes a lot of sense. I just remember that for, like, literally years... First of all, I cannot go back to my home, because we live in, like... My, my parents live, like, out kind of in the suburbs, and so... And there's not a lot of, like, neighborhood noise. So it's just the creaks of the house, which sound like someone breaking in all the time. So I have a very hard time sleeping at that house. And I did basically from the time I was 12 until I moved out, um, which is like six years. A long time not to be sleeping. Um, And I used to be afraid to sleep with, like, my blanket down below my neck because I thought I would feel someone breathing on the back of my neck. I'm pretty sure I'm going to sleep with, like, my head under the covers tonight. Yeah, see, the nice thing about having a boyfriend is that I'm just like, he'll kill somebody if somebody comes in. He's got it. But what happens when he breathes on your neck in the middle of the night? Then I know it's him. Like, if there's something I can... Shh, don't say that. Don't don't put those ideas in my head, Manny. Prisoners can breathe on next too. I'm I sorry. Hate you. <laughs> um, so, going back anyway. to the whole urban legends thing, <laughs> as proven by our conversation right now cuz I have the willies. Oh my god. More so than watching any of these horror movies. I have to walk all the way back to my car. ugh. Ugh. Yeah. These freak me out a lot more than horror movies They're really scary. And one of the things that makes them so scary is that there is a believability factor. Exactly. Which is that this stuff could happen to you. Especially when they're told, as we said earlier in the way, where it's like, oh, this actually happened to someone I know. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a big thing that even factors in with Candyman is that they need to believe in him or else he's not scary anymore. And one of the interesting things is that, so there are these urban legends that do require believability, right? Um, for like the warning ones, like the razor blade in the candy or the HIV needles in the movie seats or the hook hand man coming after the kids who are making out at lookout point. Or, yeah. you know, lock your windows so that a man doesn't lick your hand in the middle of the night. Like that kind of stuff. There's like sort of a message. I got chills again. There's sort of a message there. Um And you need to believe in the facts of it in order to get that message. There's also ones that are just supernatural, like the... um, Bloody Mary. Yeah, or the Lost Hitchhiker... Um, where it's like you pick up a hitchhiker and then they disappear in a yeah. pool of blood or whatever. Like there's all of those. What is the black dog? I don't think I've heard of this one. Black dog is just sort of like a, you know, in Harry Potter where he thinks oh, that like the Grim is following yes. him. It, yeah. It's basically that. Or like the Chupacabra where, you know, it's like a monster that people believe in. Yeah. And this movie kind of combines those. So like he's a little bit supernatural and he's also like a little bit real, you know? Because, like, they really think he's killing people around them. Totally. So, it's kind of interesting how they, how they do that, how they combine the two of them. He ends up being a warning, but he's also supernatural For force. sure. And something I thought that was really interesting about this movie is actually the whole sexy villain thing. Ooh. Because, like, without a doubt, there's something real attractive about Tony Todd as Candyman. Like, I don't yeah. usually find Tony Todd attractive. But in like this role, there's something about him. It's I think it might be the coat. I think it's the coat. I think it's like the presence that he has. Yeah, he's like a little extra dapper, and he's like threatening, but like and he's like soft, real confident, and yeah. he's just kind of the, he's a force. Yeah, and there's definitely like a sort of like almost sensuality between their interactions. I also I gotta say I really like the fact that he's made up of bees. I mean yeah, obviously I mean, whew, love that. He's beautiful you need to stop (laughs) I can't (laughs) Um, but I mean this was made in the early 90s and also being in the early 90s was like Interview with a Vampire Um, Blade came out I think the late 80s, early so. 90s. And we got Hellraiser, which is another Clive Barker that we yeah. talked about. And this is different because, like, people have talked to Clive Barker and, like, told him that they find Pinhead really sexy. And he's like, that's weird. That is why really weird. Pinhead's not sexy. No. I don't think Pinhead's sexy. But, I mean, something that you see in, like, at least Interview with a Vampire is, like, real sexy villains. Yeah. like this it's Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt, all, like, 1900s, early 1900s, late 1800s, like, dressed up. They end up going to, like, these weird sex club things. I don't know. Yeah. Man. Um, it's been a long time since I've seen that Rewatch movie that. or read the book. But it's still really interesting that like the whole sexy villain thing was real in at the time. Yeah. And it's interesting how they handle it with Candyman because they're kind of cautious in the way they do it. First off, Candyman has a very tragic and romantic backstory. He does. He died for love. Like, obviously, the circumstances of his death were completely horrifying. And it's not like he was being led on either. Like, she was actively in love with him, too. And other people punished them for their love. Exactly. So it's like, he's a romantic figure in that sense. Like, he went through this great torment for the woman that he loved. And then... You know, Helen is supposed to be, I guess, a reincarnation of her. So there's that aspect. Like, he's drawn to her because it's the woman that he has always loved. I do think that with the popularity of vampires in the early 90s, there are a lot of themes that are very similar, part of the whole eternal love thing, as well as, like, the trance that she goes under and the, and the like, be my victim stuff and the whole, like, the kiss. Like, if you think about it, vampires, like, create their victims with a kiss on the neck, kind of, with the whole biting thing. Um, It's just like a weird B version of a vampire. Yeah, that's true. He is kind of a bee vampire. We haven't really touched on sexy villains before. I guess um, the devil in Witch is a little bit sexy. Yeah, but it's not really about that. Like no. he's like an attractive person, but I don't think sexy is really it's what like I call tempting. him. Especially because he's like a goat ninety percent of the movie. Yeah, he is usually a goat. I think this is the first time. Yeah, there's been like a real sexy villain. Yeah. Ooh. Candyman. 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 He's a big boppin'. I don't know the words to Candyman. I actually don't. <laughs> I only know the Candyman part. Candyman. That part. Yeah. Yeah. He's that. But murderer. Yeah, and so I mean, going back to Clive Barker, also, I mean, he is kind of a master of horror and known for that. So it's really cool that this came to life in the way that yeah. it did. This is a great movie, honestly. Thank you it's so really much. It's really good, I'd right? Loved this movie. I'm sad that it's so difficult to find. Me too. And it is based on a short story. I believe it's called The Forbidden, and it's a. Uh, I found it online. I have every intention of reading it. Yeah. Um, He's actually also a really good artist, kind of. He creates, like, really creepy stuff, yeah. I believe that 100%. He has an Evian art account. Of course he does. Oh, man. Yeah, this was a really creepy one. And the urban legend, I mean, that that part really spooks me. Yeah. And the thing is, now you can find new urban legends all the time on, like, Reddit and Tumblr and stuff like that. People are making new ones. I can also promise you that I've definitely looked in the mirror, like, 15 times since we started this episode. Because I'm a little freaked out by the fact that we said Candyman so many times. I'm, like, afraid to get in my car. Just check the back seat. Yeah, and under the car. Damn it. Yeah. Do you want me to walk you to your car? No. Maybe. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and um, one last fun fact to give all of you guys. So, Tony Todd was not the original choice for Candyman. The original choice was Eddie Murphy, which would have been a completely different movie. I mean, can you can you imagine? No, I cannot. Okay, I think Eddie Murphy's a good-looking man. I can't imagine him as the sexual force of B, romance, and murder that is uh, that is Candyman. I just can't see it. Maybe, like, it'd be a, like, Jim Carrey thing, though, where he's, like, actually a really good dramatic actor. He just does comedy all the time. I'm just imagining. Like, the nutty <laughs> see, professor? I'm just, like, trying to imagine, like, Eddie Murphy, but in that, like, fur and leather coat. With, like, a hook for a hand, and I'm just imagining him doing, like, the, 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 like, mugging Eddie Murphy look that he always does, where he's, like, got the, like, the, you know, like, the goofy expression, and, but also he's trying to, like, seduce Virginia Madsen, who also, I kept thinking was Jillian Anderson, like, I forgot that it was Virginia Madsen. I mean, the characters are very similar between Scully and Helen. In they the sense are. They're both skeptics, they carry on recorders and stuff like that, they're doing studies on the... Paranormal slash urban legends. There is like, like some forbidden love. I mean, and this came out a year or so before the X Files started. Yeah, I think X Files started in ninety three. So there is a chance that like Scully could have been like inspired a little bit by Virginia Madsen in this movie. Can you even imagine how good Gillian Anderson would have been as But Helen? she also would have been a baby because it was nineteen ninety two. Yeah, that's true. She would have been like, but she would have also 20, been really. I think she good. was twenty one. She would have she just started. played Scully, though. Yeah, but like sexier. Can we also talk about the fact that she's supposed to be, like, this absolute expert in her field, despite the fact she is 20 years old and has isn't even old enough to have graduated college yet? Yeah, well, Scully, yeah, that's true, because she's, yeah, she's being played by a 20-year-old, and she's supposed to be a medical doctor. Yeah, that's a lot of school you have to go to. Did she yeah. graduate, like, college, or high school and she was, like, 14? I think they just never acknowledge how old she is. That's valid. I think she's just supposed to be she playing like 27. She also looks old enough to potentially be she like does. a 25, like they 26 kind of, year old. They age her up a little bit with the costume and makeup. And they're also like doing a good job of uh, just making her seem very intelligent and yeah. like professional. And there are like 25 year olds who look 20. That's true. We're yeah. really good staying on topic, guys. Yeah, we are on a whole different thing. So I think we're going to wrap it up for you guys this evening. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, honestly, Candyman. Watch it great movie. You Buy can find it. it. I really suggest trying to find a copy online or there is like one website you can pay 10 bucks to rent it through. Mm. I think. I don't know. That doesn't know. sound super legit. Maybe it is. I think it is. I don't know. But if you can find it, watch it. If it's ever on something, go check this movie out because it's honestly really good. Or at least read the short story. You can find it online. Yeah. It's a great movie. It's beautifully done. Beautifully acted. And the music. Oh, my God. The music. it's so good. And it's so scary. Anyway, so what are we going to watch next, Maggie? Next, we are going to do another more recent one. This one's actually, I think, our most recent so far. We're going to do Get Out. Academy Award nominee Get Out. Woo! Congratulations, Jordan Peele. And Daniel Kalia. Yes. He got nominated for Best Actor, and he's he did. awesome. And if you haven't seen it already, first off, where have you been? True second off, definitely see it. I think it's coming back to AMCs. Yeah, it's gonna be in theaters for one day on President's Day. Mm-hmm. So definitely check it out if you can. If not, just buy it. Rent it through Amazon. Yeah, go to Amazon. But it's honestly a I really think it's really on HBO movie. as well. I'm oh, not 100% cool. sure. Um, definitely check it out. We're so excited to talk about it. There's so much to work with. Oh my god, it's a crazy movie. We both saw it in theaters. Oh, it's so good. And we're gonna watch it again before we talk about it. We are. Um, so in the meantime, take care if you see a clown in your apartment just leave whether or not you think it's a statue clowns just don't have them around and don't own a clown statue no don't do that if you do why get rid of it what are you doing all right take care be good we love you bye friends